In three, two, one. Start now. Welcome back, everybody. This is my <laughs> starting now podcast radio voice. So yeah, start now. Start now, okay. Well, it's nice to see you, Bobby. Once again, it, it's are. it's the highlight of my week. Oh, don't <laughs> tell my wife that. Um, you got to have better weeks. <laughs> I know, things are getting bad out there. It's cold outside. How does that go on the Groundhog Day? Yeah. Good morning. It's cold outside. It says something about campers. Good morning, campers. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I can't remember. Too many, too many movies washing around up in the head up here. It's actually not cold. It's been, it's been warm. It's not been bad. I mean, we've been having a lot of drought rain. That's what yeah. I'm calling it now. Yeah drought rain i went hiking this week and it was up in the mountains it looked really droughty with all of the uh thriving thorny plants thriving other plants and thriving mud areas and uh of course the rain and the humidity man it was hot it was humid it was i was like soaked just uh just starting out walking you know i was in the mountains on saturday anyway i i attribute that to global warming and human uh, gasoline consumption. But yeah. Keep going. I was in the mountains on Saturday and a storm rolled in and it rained really, really hard for like 10 minutes and then not very hard for like another 10 minutes and then it kind of moved on. Yeah. It's those nice summer monsoons. Well, and you, when you're in the mountains, you know, you, the mountains are, uh, with that change of elevation, it, it creates the updrafts and the the cold and warm air mixes together and you get more precipitation. We get that. We, look, listeners, we understand. We've been in the Boy Scouts. We know that it rains in the mountains more often, but this drought is just way too rainy, you know. So I'd like to take this opportunity to thank the people that make it rain. Billion dollar Billion rain. Billion dollar rain. Our farmers need it. We need it. Um, you know, couldn't do without you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Whoever you thanks, are. Thanks for making it rain. Uh, just following the footsteps of the premier of Manitoba, uh, who said this two years ago or last year. Yeah. Well, today's uh, Monday, August 8th, 2022. You're listening to the Mind Virus podcast. Find us at mindvirus.show. Leave a five star rating on your favorite podcast aggregator. Nothing less, please. I have a funny story. Well, it's not really a funny story. It's quite alarming. Uh, Tuesday night, my wife and I decided we were going to go see Top Gun in the theaters because I have plenty of people telling me Top Gun is a great show by all accounts. Everybody says it's awesome. Everybody says it's, you know, not woke. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. And uh, it's, it's just great action and, and great formulaic American cinema. So I was thinking, yeah, let's do it. Discount Tuesdays. Let's go. And we, we decided to go over to the Larry H. Miller Megaplex, which it's no longer $5 Tuesdays. It's $5.95 Tuesdays. 
I thought, hey, that's okay. I'll scrounge up some cash, head on over there. We'll, we'll do the whole cash thing and I won't even have to see this on the credit card next month. Watch Top Gun. I walk in there, walk past all the kiosks because they've tried to automate everything so that no human hand has to touch the movie tickets. And uh, it's not about COVID really. It's more about not having to hire as many high school students. Right. But uh, they have made a significant investment in uh, surveillance slash uh, captivity technology, cattle shoot technology. And anyway, I walked up to the, to the counter where you have the, the one element of humanity, the, the young uh, lady there manning the, the desk. And there's, there's room for like six or eight people, you know, six or eight computers there, but there's only one person there and, and only a couple of us, uh, us Luddite customers feel the need to go to the counter. And I said, Hey, two for Top Gun at, uh, you know, nine 30 or whatever. And, and, uh, she says, okay, what seats do you want? I, we pick out the seats and then I pull out my wallet and hand her, you know, a 20. And she said, she doesn't take it. She says, Oh, sir, I'm sorry. We don't take cash. Right. And I said to her, I looked at my wife and I looked at, and, and this is something that's been on my mind lately. I've been doing a lot of research, uh, a lot of re-research, a lot of uh, additional confirmation of what I think is going on. And, and of course, the big, the big deal is the, the most astute of researchers here have pointed out that the pandemic, quote unquote, that's what I'm going to call it. If we do a t-shirt about the pandemic, it's just going to be pandemic in quotes, right? Right. Quote, pandemic, quote, end quote. Uh, I... I turned to my wife, I looked at her aghast, looked back to the young lady and said, okay, thanks, as loud as I, I said, and I didn't say, okay, thanks, I said, you don't take cash, as loud as I could, and said, well, without yelling it, and then said, okay, thanks, and uh, as conspicuously as possible, turned around and stormed out in a tantrum format out of the Larry H. Miller Megaplex to go watch Top Gun somewhere else, which we never did, but to, you know, I can see that somewhere else. Man, Dr. Nick, uh, it is inconvenient to use cash. There's an inconvenient truth. Um, Yeah. they, They have decided on their website, they've decided not to use it anymore because it will keep us uh, healthy. Because cash is dirty, right. whatever. Right. Because sitting in a chair that thousands of strangers sit in is yeah, totally and, sanitary. Yeah. And the whole CDC uh, revelation that the chances of fomite spread, meaning surface spread, being are one in 10,000. You know, yeah, we they, would, hate, would hate one in 10,000 people to catch COVID. You remember, uh, you may remember during the <clears throat> pandemic, there was also quote, Coincidentally, a coin shortage. Remember the signs on, there's signs all over on retail stores on their doors, like, due to the coin shortage, we will no longer take cash. And I always thought, well, where did all the coins go? Right, or we can't make change or something like that. Yeah, like, there wasn't a coin shortage two months ago. Where did the coins go? Are they all in those Coinstar machines that people bring in their bags of it's backlogged too. because they can't bring anybody to the office anymore. I, it was it was weird, and you still see some of those signs once in a while that are just sort of remnants of the <clears throat> pandemic. 
but they definitely don't want us using cash. And you know why? You alluded to it because you can go and spend cash at a place and there's no record that you were ever there. Yeah, it's too anonymous. I'm going to link to two article, two articles. One is on the Solari report, and uh, of course we've pointed this out. Catherine Austin Fitz has tried to start uh, a movement where people use cash all the time and uh, advertise the hashtag Cash Fridays or Cash Every Day. And um, the thing that got me that has gotten my mind all wrapped up on this thing again was that I start. I saw her discussing something with a friend of hers or a colleague of hers that she um, does a weekly money and markets podcast with. And I'm not a Solari subscriber. Maybe I should be. It's like 300 bucks. That'd be interesting. I think I'd end up spending a lot of time listening to their stuff or or reading it. Can you pay for it in cash? Yeah, you actually can. You mail them? You mail them a check. You can mail them a check, but you can't pay monthly that way. (laughs) <laughs> you have to right. mail them a year, yearly check, I think. And I think you can pay them in gold and silver. I, I got to double check that. Anyway, I'm going to link to two things here. I'm going to link to her colleague, John Titus's Best Evidence YouTube channel. See, Catherine Austin Fitz, as we've discussed before, she was the former undersecretary of housing and urban, Deve- urban development. She was an investment banker with Dylan Reed & Co., she ran a company called Hamilton Securities. The government tried to uh, destroy her, throw her in jail. She beat them in court. And she's been an incredible advocate for liberty and freedom for the last 20 years and, and is one of the most significant whistleblowers out there, in my opinion. She, her, her, her story is the centerpiece of uh, you know, what I think any good history book on the last 50 years uh, would contain. But she works with this, with this guy named John Titus, and in, in him she's found a great colleague because he's uh, a trial attorney, an a intellectual property attorney, if I understand it right. And he takes matters like this to trial, so he does a lot of depositions, a lot of investigation of evidence, and he has a YouTube channel called Best Evidence. Now, I have been to YouTube to watch that many times over the last month, and not once has YouTube recommended that I pick up where I left off or given me a, in the drop down, you know, uh, an auto prompt that, oh, here, get, go back to best evidence. It, it does not want me to remember every time I have right. to type the full thing in, find the guys, sort the videos, whatever. And he, uh, so he's clearly shadow banned, but he made the point in one of the things I saw, and this is what got me listening to him, that the pandemic, quote unquote, was a monetary event, which is really astute. And he has done an incredible amount of research to show that we in the United States, ever since the 2008 crisis, are no longer sovereign. And he does that by showing how the Justice Department of the United States of America, run by currently the Attorney General Merrick Garland, and at the time in 2009, 10, 11, 12, et cetera, it was Eric Holder, how they have um, written into their kind of their attorney's handbook, you know, the, the guidelines for these Justice Department attorneys, regulations that allow them to basically leave the banks alone 
and then he shows how there are sovereign agreements that have been made, especially post-2008 crisis between the big banks stemming from the International Bank of Settlements and and an organization called the Financial Stability Board that demonstrates in actual fact that they are following those guidelines and not the Constitution and not the United States Criminal Code because they're they're um, disclaiming jurisdiction. They won't. The banks are not. Uh, they're not even being asked or investigated for certain types of information because these these secret agreements or pseudo secret agreements. It's not really secret. John Titus is able to find them. These these international agreements prohibit discovery from the American attorney general's side to their side. And so there, there has been no one prosecuted for the crimes, the financial crimes of the 2008 crisis. And in, in addition to that, there's been a lot of money laundering that's just been swept under the rug. A few fines paid by companies like H... Is it HSBC? That well, sounds right. It's, I don't want to say HBSC. It's HSBC, I believe. It's, the, it's a bank... Uh, what does it stand for? I don't know. Anyway, it's an it's an a uh, an English bank, and he shows how they pay, they ended up paying like the biggest fine in history, like one point nine billion dollars, and nobody got prosecuted for for admitted criminal actions like drug cartel money laundering, <laughs> and uh, the the Brits had told the Americans to lay off, and and nothing happened to these guys. And then uh, there were other banks that ended up paying massive fines and, and nobody individually, there were crimes committed, but nobody individually was ever brought to justice for these things. And, and that's because they are too big to jail, as they say. That was one of, the, one of the fun quotes that came out of the 2008 collapse. But anyway, uh, yeah, Larry, Larry Miller does not take cash. And I think that you know, if you had some time or want it or desire, which maybe not, to listen to any of this John Titus stuff, I, I think I think it's incredibly significant. Although I think most of our listeners already know, look, the, that's the direction things are headed. He's he just names names. He puts the the the, the IDs to the they, mm-hmm. at least the middle level, the mid level guys, and it's like yeah, well, it's excruciatingly clear what's going on. But anyway, we didn't we didn't use ca- cash at Larry Miller because they wouldn't allow us to, and so went home and watched uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse, which was quite interesting. They followed their symbolic pattern. You you saw you haven't seen that yet, right? Not yet. But you went and watched Thor. Yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder. We saw that a little while ago. And your reaction? I don't really have a reaction. I mean, it was it was okay. It was just kind of there. This is a my understanding is, and I haven't seen it yet. This is a titanomachy or a theomachy. It's a war between gods, and you have Christian Bale playing the God Slayer. Is that, does he factor heavily into this? Does he kill any gods? Yeah, yeah. It's that that part of it is is not even. Yeah, it, it, he's there. And you know he he does okay. Plays. So he doesn't have a big role. Who's the villain? He is. He he has a big role, but it's like I don't know. It's just sort of like secondary to the plot line with with um, 
um, Natalie Portman. So Natalie Portman, it's the love story between Thor? Kind of, yeah, yeah. I don't want to give too much away, but it was... There's there's Thor, there's... What's his? What's her character's name? Jane? Yeah, Jane. There's Jane, and then there's Christian Bale's character. I can't even remember his name. Did Christian Bale ever say... It's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me in his Batman voice. No. That was Batman Begins. I don't think he did say that. <laughs> uh, it's a quote off of Google. Well, I don't think he said that in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, so we can't mix Batman. It was okay. Like it, it, I, I saw somebody... Jane Foster. It's Jane Foster. Right. Somebody, somebody on Twitter or somewhere had the perfect summary they said it's content thor love and thunder is content so i see pictures of her here she's wielding the hammer and she's wearing essentially a a girl's version of thor's outfit right does this happen before or after like ragnarok and uh end end game after it's after yeah it's like present day so thor doesn't happen to have like a gut gut and a big beard and no he's back to back to thor Thor. people that were tired of that chris hemsworth yeah i don't think that's why people go see chris hemsworth right to see him drinking and and out of shape they could see that at home So they even uh, there's a scene they even make a point about how good looking he is when he's he's disrobed in front of everybody and mm. the ladies faint and mm. and all so. the guys. Mm. Mm. So you the guys you, all say CGI, not CGI. real. CGI. <laughs> so you say meh, meh. Yeah, meh. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but that's how a lot of the. I think more Marvel movies are like that than are are not. They crank out so many of them; they can't all be good. Right? They're not. They're not that great. Like Captain Marvel was a big dud. Yeah. Uh, but my problem going to watch him now is I have to turn on the brain, and it gets to be really cerebral. Like, right. oh, like uh, I'll just give you a few tidbits in um, Doctor Strange to look for because. There again, here's a message movie. The Doctor Strange movie here is a message movie, and I think the Thor one probably is too because Ragnarok was a message movie. Um, oh, I'd love to just go off right now, there's lots of things on my mind. Um, but I'll refrain, Bobby Flood, so you can get a word in. Well, you go, you anyway, you, you go right ahead. Doctor Strange starts at a wedding, the wedding of his love interest, I forget her name, Christine, I think. That is, is that her name? I don't know. I've never gotten really into the Doctor Strange stuff. I think I've only seen him in, you know, when he is pulled into some of the other movies like Spider-Man or Avengers. Yeah, let's see. Christine Palmer is who Rachel McAdam pl- McAdams plays in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. And uh, anyway, it's her wedding to some black dude, of course. So it's not to him. I think it was a gay black dude, but uh, that identified us as a woman. But um, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. They never really said any of that, but uh, it's possible. So 
she's marrying this guy and of course was formerly involved with Dr. Stephen Strange and she breaks away for a minute and comes over to the bar and has a glass of water and she's asking she asks for some red wine and Dr. Strange says I'll take care of that so he turns her water into wine okay <laughs> at the wedding mhm you, you get what I'm yeah you get yeah. where I'm headed here uh, there's a story there's about a story about that in the bible somebody at a wedding turns water into wine okay so I didn't actually catch that right at first my wife caught that you know, great catch, honey. Um, <laughs> no, dear, whatever. I can't do the terms of endearment without sounding terrible. She, so my astute wife, she she caught that. I wasn't I wasn't watching for that. But later on, <laughs> it becomes clear that they're that they're casting Doctor Strange as a Christ figure. Uh, there's a little bit of a a subtle resurrection that goes on, even though it's not technically a resurrection, but you'll see it, when you watch it, you'll see what happens. I don't know if I, I don't want to spoil it for you, Mr. Flood. Okay. It's uh, it would be fun to, to watch and see what symbols you picked out of it, but de- definitely a message movie and um, really, really interesting from that standpoint, as far as movies go, meh, you know, it was better than meh, but not like great. Mm hmm. So that was interesting, but I'm still miffed at the Miller Megaplex for the Top Gun thing. You know, once Larry died and Gail got in charge, or her, her uh, sons or whatever. Her, I think it's her sons that are really running the show there. They're like ultra-globalist proving ground type of guys. Probably. Now, did the Delta Center stop taking cash before... They were one of the first to stop taking cash, right? And I, wasn't even that even before the pandemic? But quote unquote pandemic. I don't remember. I have no idea. First off, calling it calling the Delta Center dates us, but I'm hell bent on using that term because that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's currently the Vivint Smart Home Arena. Is that right? Yep, the Vivint Smart Home Arena. It was previously the Energy Solutions Arena. Yes, but which my grandpa nicknamed the Tox Box, which I thought was clever. Why? Because Vivint or uh, Energy Solutions handles toxic waste. Okay, okay, good point. I should have got that. So the tox box. Yeah, Energy Solutions, and then prior to that was it was the Delta Center. Yeah, Delta Airlines. The, those, you know, I, I kind of remember the old days when stadiums were called like, you know, uh, I don't know, Yankee Stadium, because the Yankees played there. Now everything's sponsored. And I know it's not... Or named, or named after somebody, right? Right. Like, do we call the Cougar Stadium Cougar Stadium or Lavelle Edwards Stadium now? Officially, it's Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Do, have we named the field something different yet? I think it's Cougar Field. The, the Gary Croton 50-yard line? <laughs> no, but about every play is sponsored. If, you, if you're at a game watching live, you're like, that's another Zions Bank first down. Or... That's a it gets annoying. Chuckarama incompletion. <laughs> <laughs> up, he up chucked that ball. Right. It it gets out of control. The sponsorship is everywhere. Every every sports arena, everywhere you go, everything is sponsored. By the way, today's brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> Pfizer. 
Pfizer, Pfizer, yes. Pfizer. You know, speaking of Every Pfizer day we'll the, and Pfizer. the quote-unquote pandemic, I was at a local grocery store. Since we're sharing stories about local businesses. Yeah, today we're just going to do random off the top of our head stuff. This is going to be a little bit different than a normal podcast where we're well thought out and planned um, <laughs> out. But go ahead. Keep going. And since we're naming names, I was at, I was at Smith's, which is a local Kroger brand. Oh, you're not using the word Smith just because that's a common last name? No, that's the name of the grocery okay. store chain. <laughs> okay. I was there, and Smith's was uh, on a on a scale of one to ten on propaganda, scaremongering, and and all that. They were like a nine point eight. When was this? This was this week. What were they? Okay, keep, keep going. So they were propagandizing you. Well, it, but I mean, during the height of the <clears throat> pandemic, they were propagandizing. Right. They, they, during, they, so you're saying during the pandemic, I was typing something, so I apologize, I'm backing up. Okay, you're saying up. You're saying you were there recently, but during the plan, the quote-unquote pandemic... Yeah, I'm just giving some, some context for that our they were They were a 9.5 on the propagandering scale, mongering yeah. scale. Now, to their credit, I suppose, at least the local one that I would go to, during all the, the mask frenzies and stuff, I would go there and I would be the only person in the entire store without a mask and i never got uh harassed by a smith's employee we got blocked from going in at one point from smith's because I got, we didn't mask i got blocked from walmart a couple times and i just so i'd take the mask and i would walk in kind of pretending to futz with it and then i'd just put it in my pocket and i would do my shopping yeah but anyway smith's so i was at the local smith this this week and um they play you know ads over the loudspeaker the pa system right okay and i i think i must be a little bit i have some ptsd uh, yeah i don't want to go that far but i hear clinical depression i hear the <laughs> i you know i hear the words over the pa suicidal tendencies the covid19 vaccine and so i immediately perk up i'm like oh I haven't had one of those yet. Maybe they have a good deal on that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective. And now they're starting to add like flavor to it. They're like, you wouldn't go out in the sun without sunscreen. <laughs> and, but we all know that sunscreen's protection wanes over time. The COVID-19 vaccine, which is safe and effective, wanes over time. Experts recommend a booster shot. Come and get your booster shot today. Brought to you by Pfizer. Did it say brought to it you by says Pfizer? Brought to you by Pfizer. And they play that ad. I was there for maybe just 20 minutes or so, and I heard that ad three or four times. I mean, they are pumping, and it's not really loud, right? It's not like it stops you in your tracks and you're looking up. <gasps> like It's not like when an announcer gets on there and is like, Jane, we need you at the front desk, Jane. No, it's Jane it's, Foster. It's just subtle. It's there in the background. and. It's almost subliminal, and it's just programming you to believe that this thing is safe and effective. It's like sunscreen. It wanes over time, which what a, what a remarkable admission of failure that they're, you know, they're admitting to without admitting to it, right? Because that was never the deal. The deal was never, hey, get this, and then in a few months, you're going to need to get it again. And then in a few months after that, you're going to need to get it again. And then a few months after that, you're going to need to get it again. To the point now where they're saying that you need the shot every 
four to six months for the rest of your right. life. Right, a massive demonstration of gaslighting. Right, moving the goalposts. And that was never I mean, the deal, right? That was never the deal that was sold to us. The deal was you get this and you're protected. Uh, you know, politicians prior to 2020 were generally trustworthy and let get lived up to their word. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what, what were you expecting, Mr. Flood? <laughs> well, and no, that's I, the thing I, I, when, I, the, I when this e- whole thing happened, uh, you and I both, we, that's when we started really talking and it was like, Hey, okay, here we are. We're in it. We're surely in it now. I mean, right. we, 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 it's not like we just barely figured this out. Of course, we've been concerned about this from the get go. Well, and I sat there right after the two weeks to s- slow the spread ended, and we and we're going okay. This is not your father's quote unquote p- pandemic. Yeah. Well, then never forget that here in the great state of Utah, Gary Herbert extended the two weeks to slow the spread before the initial two weeks even elapsed. I think it was on day eight or nine. He was like, ah, we need another two weeks. I'm like, you're not even going to give these two weeks. It's, it's fair share. We're not even going to get this. Nope. Okay. This is how you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but as I, I did my shopping, I sat there listening to this ad play over and over. And I, Rich, and I Jane Foster, please come to the customer service desk. Someone has found your hammer. <laughs> and I just thought, is there any, but I kind of looked around and, Everyone was just doing their thing, right? I don't even think people hear that anymore. It just goes in one ear and out the other. But I thought, does anybody hear this nowadays? Whether it's that specific ad or other vaccine propaganda, which you still get on billboards and radio ads. You know, I don't listen to the radio a ton. Um, sorry, I play the radio. Good commenter. I, I don't <laughs> listen to the radio a lot, right? But sometimes I do. And, I, and it was like shocking how many vaccine and mask ads that are just pumped over the airwaves. But I by wondered... Way, by the way, sorry. I'm sorry. Hold that thought. HSBC, which is a British bank and paid the largest fine in American history, stands for Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation. It is a British multinational universal bank and services holding company, the largest bank in Europe by total assets with two point nine five three trillion assets calculated in u.s dollars as of the end of 2021 sorry go ahead what were you saying so the fine was nothing <laughs> okay for them <laughs> there are one point some odd billion dollar fine yeah for money mo- for money laundering like 10 trillion dollars yeah it's a british bank named hong kong and shanghai okay. banking company sorry we got to do more banking episodes what were you saying about uh well okay. announcements at pfizer i lost i got to the point where I, I i looked around i just thought are there any people left who really believe this crap? Does anybody believe... You do, did you do run an impromptu poll there? Like, I felt like it. I was like, hey, are you listening to this? <laughs> do you, are, you, are, you, are you believing this garbage? <laughs> it cost the lady right there, the checker. Yeah. Are you, did you hear what they just did said? Did you hear this? this do you have your booster? <laughs> well, I thought that the, the comparison to sunscreen is so stupid. Because first of all, let's sunscreen isn't all it's cracked up to be it's a toxic chemical you know if you want to protect yourself from sun from harmful uv rays wear sleeve yeah they make they make really nice new silky uh long sleeve shirts that are lightweight that you can get if you're really concerned about that but this idea that the covid vaccine is just like sunscreen where you you Put it on your body and rub it all over it but then a few hours later you got to put it on again oh it turns out 
Yeah. That it's just so absurd. <laughs> it's so absurd. Like they're just saying, yeah, protection wanes over time, something they never would have admitted. You know what doesn't ago. wane over time? Natural protection, natural immunity. Right. Well, a year or a year and a half ago, people were getting suspended from Twitter and fired for their job from their jobs for saying, "Hey, this wanes over time," it, which is a fancy way of saying, "Hey, this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. This doesn't work." It's very fancy. You know what doesn't wane over time? Sleeves. Well. Over a long, long time. Well, on a long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone drops, drops to, zero. to zero. So anyway, right. uh, yeah, yeah, Utah, we, we come back to this topic now and again, but Utah's definitely in the heart of darkness when it comes, <laughs> when it comes to the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, it's a little, uh, it's a, we're a little Petri dish for the, for the new world order. And uh, I think there's some interesting things going on right under our noses. Now, unfortunately, now, if you get into a situation like that where the, the, the teenager at the movie theater won't take your cash, don't scream at the teenager. I didn't. I know you didn't. Okay, good. I, 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 I was, hope I made that clear. I, I, I just re- said, you don't take cash. I was reser- res- refused service. One of the only times I was refused service during the... <coughs> quote unquote pandemic uh, for not wearing a mask in a restaurant which was so funny because the people 10 feet away from me eating didn't have masks and I just said okay and I, and I left I wasn't going to yell at these teenagers that were running the cash registers or the credit card processors <laughs> not cash registers <laughs> the credit card processing machines but it's so it's odd don't, you know, they don't even run that anymore they let you run that right they, some of them during the pandemic were sort of like they would hand it to you with gloved hands or one i went through one drive through and they had the thing yeah they'd hold it out there for you they had it taped with duct tape to a uh like a, a stick a stick and they would hand it they would poke it at me and i would put the card in it's like are you look at you look at yourself (laughs) you're then gonna go in and cooties cooties he's got cooties you're gonna make the food that i'm gonna eat right right but don't you dare touch touch the the money touch the money yeah not even money it's a piece of plastic well the world is 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 in a tailspin it's tail spinning into absurdity and there are two big stories that um if I may interject that maybe we could talk about here that deserve a little attention one is Nancy Pelosi in China and the other is the Alex Jones verdict Did you see Nancy Pelosi she said the other day we I when we, we, when I was a little girl we on the on the beach, when I was a little, little little girl on the beach, we were told if we if we dug a hole, we could get to China, and so we always have had that connection with China. <laughs> really? Yes, that's a direct quote from the. That's speaker, a pretty good Nancy Pelosi speak, voice. The voices speaker, are back. The voices are back, of, folks. The Speaker of the House believes that since she was a little girl and was told that if she dug a hole to China, she, if you dug a hole deep enough, you could get to China, which we probably all heard as kids. Can you find that quote? Do you think? Did you, find, did you see uh, it on Twitter I, or something? I know, yeah, I know exactly where it is. Okay. I, I have a video of it. But 
the Speaker of the House is using that old, you know, that old wives' tale about digging a hole to China right. as some sort of basis Nostalgic, for, for diplomacy. Yeah, and and yeah. it's so strange. It's so per- strange. Personal interest story. Everyone can identify with it. Let's just play it. Let's play it. Okay, go ahead. You did a great job with the voice, but I don't know if that's... Is that her? I know they're pumping her full of all kinds of drugs. She's... China, so we've always felt connection there. So when I was a girl, I was told at the beach if I dug deep enough China, so we've always felt a connection there. Okay, she had a little more together than... Well, yeah. Well. Just barely. I mean, you kind of Kamala harassed it there for a minute. Or was that Joe Biden? Um, <laughs> take your pick. Take we, your pick. We have nobody in the, the, the top three of government, <laughs> right? They seem to be able to string a few sentences they're, together they're without, all, without all, the word saladification. Yeah, it's... it's, uh, it's But anyway, yeah, Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan, which was supposed to start World War Three. No, 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 no. It is starting or World four, War Three Or five. Yeah, depending on which war we're dealing with. Well, let's talk about that, and then we'll talk about the Alex Jones verdict. Okay. Well, you, don't, so you think it's not that big of a deal that she went to Taiwan? I mean, they, they're, they're trying to make a big deal out of it. And China said, hey, we don't want you to do this, and they've been saber-rattling about it a lot. Been running war games around the right. entire... Right, circumference of the island of Taiwan, which is, for all intents and purposes, an independent nation and has been since the communist revolution in China when Chiang Kai-shek led the nationalists to an island to be separated from them for 70 years. Right. But you can't say that now. So the brief history is that after that, um, Taiwan was sort of recognized as an independent nation for a little while. It's called Formosa. Uh, back in the day, I don't know if that was the name of the island, but they also wanted to claim uh, to keep the name China. So I think that's the the official name of the island of Taiwan. I guess I should do my history research before telling you what the history is. But it uh, it was named Formosa by Portuguese explorers and then um, was ruled by the Japanese during World War II and then uh, let's see I guess it was ruled by the Japanese before that in the tw- in the 1920s uh, looks like uh, as early as 1895. Anyway, after, uh, after World War II, you had Chiang Kai-shek who had to flee because the communists were taking over China. And after that civil war, um, let's see what they call it here. See, the Wikipedia article doesn't want to tell us what they, what they called their nation. But they had a, they've had a democratic uh, government since World War II, and they at times called it the Taiwan 
government, the Taiwanese languages, you know, they, we, people have recognized Taiwan for a long time as essentially an independent nation. But shortly after the United Nations was formed, the communists, you know, the Alger hisses of the world, decided that we would implement in the United States a, a policy of non-recognition. So most of the governments in the world do not recognize, recognize Taiwan as a separate nation. And they call it the one China policy. Right. So it is incredibly odd that all of a sudden these folks in Washington would switch, you know, when clearly it's their people that instituted the one China policy. Now all of a sudden they're getting, getting out there saying, oh no, we're going we're gonna to do things that uh, recognize Taiwan as an independent country to poke China in the eye. And so what, what I'm saying here is it looks like the, the, the globalists have set up, had, had in the box, in, in the storage, they've had a very easy trigger to induce China into war set up for 50 years. And that was this one China policy that, which they supported. And then all of a sudden they come out and they don't support it. And China goes, oh, wait a minute, you were going to give us Taiwan? I mean, it's 23 million people. It's a big economic zone. China wants to have it. They've, they've been breathing down their necks forever. Um, I'm seeing a headline right now that Apple, Apple Computer, is asking suppliers in Taiwan to label products as made in China. So, that's so Apple is promoting the one China policy. Right. It, it it could definitely it could definitely spark a a large scale global war uh, if China decides to or the United States somebody decides to to fire us the first shot so to speak maybe that was Nancy Pelosi going there and acting all uh, brave and, and you know supportive of Taiwan I don't know a ton about that that area of the world you know i don't uh, the history i know a little bit of it but I, and i know it's uh it tends to be a it's a it's a really sensitive issue for the for the chinese government well i've it's the I've, same way with hong kong right i have uh yeah well hong kong was different right because that was leased by the british and it became a free trade zone and right. the idea was that that was always going back under chinese protectorship you know, in 1999, uh, the lease expired and then they gradually moved in and, you know, kind of quietly set set all the pieces in place. And then bam, in, in 2018-19, they stamped out all any free speech and, and pro-democracy right. elements and completely absorbed that into their Chinese communist system. And so that was always sort of on the table because the British only had a 99-year lease on the territory. Right. But Taiwan's a whole different issue. They separated via war. Right. And they wanted formal independence. They they always wanted to take back over mainland China. <laughs> and of course it looks like the worm turned on them and the, the opposite is now true that China wants to take over the Taiwanese who they view as their people, but they they speak a different language. You've got Cambodia or uh, Cantonese versus um Mandarin. Mandarin. Sorry. 
And I, I have relatives that have taught over there in American schools for a long time. They recently moved back. I think that was a prescient move because, you know, just their, their proximity to China makes them an obvious well, I think let's take over target. Let's just say it how it is. If if China wants Taiwan, it'll take it. Like Taiwan can't stop. Yeah, that. The, the frank absurdity is that Taiwan acts like an independent nation, and they have been an independent nation forever. The government right. of China. And, and I don't, the I government don't, of China doesn't have any control. They don't use the same currencies. You know, there, there's trade and intercourse. There's a lot of right. there's a lot of pro-China demonstrations over there because the Chinese are. Uh, meddling in their affairs, trying right. to, you know, as best they can, trying to turn it into a pro-China state. But Taiwan is intricately tied to the West. The biggest semiconductor plants uh, in the world, most most chips are made in Taiwan. You may not know that. Most, uh, the, the best. And, like Doritos? Yeah, Doritos, Lay's, Ruffles. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Semiconductors. Is that a guy who's training to drive a train <laughs> semiconductor yeah he's not quite a conductor yet but, but right yeah lots of stuff like computer like, chips like apple app that headline you know apple decides actually it wasn't a headline it was a tweet and so i can't verify the the truthfulness of it but because it was on twitter it was on twitter and wasn't actually like a it was just a tweet but it came from a blue check mark so it must be true but yeah a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of stuff's made in taiwan Computer parts, bicycle parts, all kinds of stuff is made in Taiwan. And Taiwan, I guess China could go and militarily, they could go and take it by force if they wanted to. Yeah, I think they'd like to. I mean, the, the wiki article does disclose, like, for example, that after the Civil War and after World War II, the um, Shanghai Shek and his folks moved all the gold out of China, the government's reserves, to Taiwan. You know, maybe they want that back. <laughs> yeah, they but, I'm sure they do. Taiwan from 1950 to 65 received a total of 1.5 billion in economic aid and 2.4 billion in military aid from the United States. Um, I think they called it the Republic of China at that point. Wasn't it called Chinese Taipei at one point? Or is that Hong Kong? I get those me mixed up or messed up. But I, it seems like Chinese Taipei was one of the, one yeah, of the they, names. They called it the Republic of China. That was what I've been searching for. Is that you had two, essentially two Chinas. The People's Republic, mm -hmm. the PRC of China, and then the Republic of China, the ROC. And then the... Uh, Nations of the world sort of put the, uh, their weight behind the People's Republic of China. And, you know, gradually decided to stop acting like, or stop saying. The thing is, it's, it's, it's the most absurd thing because everyone in the world acts like Taiwan is a separate nation. They have separate agreements with Taiwan. They don't have to go through the Chinese government. You don't have to get any permission to go there. And... They don't control their airspace. They, you know, they don't, they, they've been running air, air raid drills. You know, they've been trying to incur into deeper and deeper into Taiwanese airspace for the last several years. And the Taiwan, Taiwanese have their own air defense systems that they put on alert and they scramble their own fighter jets, you know. So for all intents and purposes, Taiwan is a separate nation, just not, right. not in recognition 
by the, the United Nations community. And so that's what's so absurd about this is it's very clear that Taiwan acts like and is independent, except for the fact that, you know, they're sort of treated like a, a rat in a python's cage, you know, like, oh yeah, just, you're the rat, they're the python, and you're, yeah, you're your own person until they eat you <laughs> for dinner, which is the intention, since you're both in the same terrarium, you know. Chinese Taipei is a term used in various international organizations and tournaments for groups representing Taiwan. So if you were the, like a, a I remember watching the Little League World Series when I was a kid, and the Chinese Taipei team was always really good. Yeah, because they don't want to say Taiwan, right? I guess not. It's kind of funny, though, that they would have just this other term instead of just saying the Taiwanese. Yeah. So anyway, the, the, I hope that you're, you, know, you guys can go do your research on all the technical details here. But the point is, it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it acts like a duck, water f- kind of goes off of its back like water off of a duck's back. It's a Taiwan is a duck, right? Is it's it's its own animal, and it always has been, except for the fact that the Chinese and the communists somehow convinced the world that, yeah, but at some point the snake's going to eat that rat. At some point, the Chinese are going to swallow that island, and well, it could we're be not going to worry about it. It could be the next great propaganda campaign given that ukraine is starting to wane you're starting to get uh criticism of ukraine and their handling of uh, the, the money and the weapons and everything amnesty international came out and said hey ukraine is using people as shields human shields human shields and the reaction in the in the in the mainstream is how Dare Amnesty International criticize Ukraine? It's like what, guys? People have been pointing out since the very beginning that Zelensky was putting civilians in harm's way. I mean, they, they remember early on he was famously arming civilians. Well, right? it's not just that, but Ukraine ever since 2014 to 16 or ish has been engaging in essentially the, a genocide the, against the Russians in the right, east. Right. The ethnic Russians, not the right. the Russians hadn't invaded yet. Deeply, well, taken deeply corrupt nation and government. Let's say let, let let's limit that to government because there's good people in Ukraine. But you know what happens when you hand a, a, an M16 or an AK47 to a dude in jeans and in tennis shoes? They become complicit they in become, the conflict. They are no longer a civilian, and so Zelensky was arming all these people. I think we talked about it a few months ago. Anyway, Amnesty International, which take them or leave them, but they kind of pointed this out. Hey, Ukraine, why are you using people as human shields? And instead of people being outraged at Zelensky in Ukraine, they're outraged at Amnesty, calling them Russian shills and Russian propagandists. Right. Uh, it, it's uh, it's remarkable, but that that that. That flavor of the month is starting to, to grow stale, right? People want to change their Ukraine flag for something new. And may, maybe the next flag is the Taiwanese flag. Well. Or the Chinese flag. Maybe they flipped the script on all of us. I don't know. And they're like, you got to support China just to play with our heads, just to mess with us. Because I, I, I think they could snap their fingers today. And a lot of the Ukrainian flag type people 
would be convinced to re- wave a Russian flag. They could flip that 180 on us and make Russia the good guys. My, my intuition tells me that it's just the same damn thing over and over again. It's the same cycle. And these people aren't very creative in, in, in the end, ultimately. You know, we've, we've seen some interesting curveballs with the, with the, quote, pandemic and, quote, global warming and uh, what's, what's been the latest craze. Uh, this summer you've had no oh, the drought quote drought yeah locally you've had drought you know glo- climate change is is always on the back burner um, yeah, they, they tried some gun violence stuff this summer they tried the woke stuff that th- that didn't go over well the people obviously uh, chafed at that at least the majority of people so the narrative the these these incentives that they've tried to put forth to move towards their global currency Monkey again or, or towards their centralized currencies remember this is a a monetary event they want two things they want a supranational monetary system or a non non-controlled even even less a less controlled locally monetary system and they call that Catherine Austin Fitz and John Titus call that the going direct reset and they've mm-hmm. done great research on this they show when it happened when they were talking about it in Jackson Hole in 2019 and how it immediately starts coming out of the woodwork in 2020 with the p- pandemic, quote unquote. And they, this is what they're ultimately moving towards. And so when those, when those things don't work, as Gerald Zalente likes to say, when all else fails, they take us to war. Well, this war here has propped up, or po- has popped up, the Ukraine war has popped up since the, quote, pandemic, right? And... It was just earlier this year when Russia decided to take matters into their own hands. Why? Because the United States of America and other nations in the West decided to flip the script, pull the rug, whatever. They changed their attitude and said, yeah, we do want to have Ukraine in NATO, even though we have said they would never be in NATO to this point. So they, they, they finally started looking like they were actually going to bring Ukraine into NATO, and they started shipping arms into Ukraine, so Russia had to act. Additionally, there's the whole complicating factor of all those biolabs that are in Ukraine, right. and of course, David Levitt's apartment. So, and the Buffalo. And Montana Buffalo. <laughs> so, I still want to know if the, if the Buffalo ever made it to Montana. Did that trade ever take place? No, it was an Indian trade. So because, no, the Indians got screwed and David Levitt got what he wanted. Because, you know, David Levitt got the baby like that day. He's like, yeah, but I could get you buffalo in, 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 into Ukraine. Maybe one buffalo was sold in Ukraine. I don't and know. And they're like, okay, here's the kid. Like, <laughs> amazing. Here you, you go. Just play with a kid's life like that. But Okay, well, so, well, so it, anyway, look, look what I'm saying here. I'm reminding the listeners, look at what's happening here. You have a proxy war developing in, in Europe, which is what happened in World War II. Hitler was running around doing his thing, and the United States was doing the Lend-Lease program, giving arms and money to... Britain, France, and Russia. Okay, mm-hmm. and they were they were fighting the we were fighting the war by proxy. We had our people going over there. There are plenty of movies about the flying, uh, the Spitfires, you know, in in Britain and the Battle of Britain and the American airmen that volunteered to go over there. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head some of the names of these movies, but <laughs> we glorify that, right? We we think of these guys as heroes. They went over and they fought on the battlefield in Europe before it was a declared war. And we have that going on in Ukraine right now. The Russians, I think, have bragged of having 
captured British soldiers. I don't know if they've have they caught any Americans. I think so. Or the American was killed. Yeah, allegedly. All of this could be fake. Yeah, we I don't mean, know. It, it's an internet war. It's all it's all uh, online. But simultaneously, during world uh, the run up to World War II, you had the economic antagonization, the antagonism towards Japan where we, uh, FDR was cutting off all of the Japanese access to the oil fields of Indonesia, trying to cut off their resources, you know, across the Pacific, the largest ocean in the world. It's about, you know, it's like almost half of the globe. We were going all the way over there to keep Japan from getting those oil resources. And it was an age of imperialism, right? So all the nations of the world are fighting for all the scraps of colonies or whatever they could get. And we induced... Japan to attack us. They saw the writing on the wall. Everybody knew. Everybody. That's the point that I'm trying to make is there was writing on the wall and Japanese decided to act first. And the, the Western establishment has been really good at creating the correct motivation, enough motivation to cause the other guys to act first, which is exactly what happened with Hitler and, and what happened with uh, Japan. You had Russia was induced. I mean, they they strategically, if they're going to be any sort of a uh, a competitive nation, competitive to the hegemony of the United States of America, they need to not allow the United States of America to fully corrupt and take over Ukraine, especially their ethnic brothers and sisters in the, in the eastern Ukraine, and and they can't be cut off from those ports uh, that are so important strategically to them in in that area because they would eliminate their trade routes into the Middle East and into Africa, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, you can see this developing geopolitically. So so in a way, may, perhaps uh, the Western powers had hoped that the Russian invasion into Ukraine would be like a Pearl Harbor, but it doesn't hit close enough to home. And the same thing is going on in the East with the Orient or Asia, whatever it's fashionably called these days, I heard that you're not supposed to say Orient anymore. I don't know how that becomes uh, an ethnic uh, slur. It's, I, I don't it doesn't know. mean anything other than <laughs> Eastern, if I understand it right. So you have the Orient and the Occident, right? We're Occidental, they're Oriental. Okay. Anyway, sorry, tangent. The point is, you can see what's happening over there in the in the East is it appears that the, the communist, globalist, whoever, these, this oligarchy astutely saved... The Taiwan issue, they said, one China, one China, one China. Oh, never mind. We right. like your democracy. They, they literally sent Nancy Pelosi. She, she's not doing anything of her own accord. She didn't plan this I, Asia I, trip. The whole point I, of the Asia I, trip was I, to I, poke I, China. I was just, I just, we have to. We, <laughs> <laughs> she, she does not. She's. She doesn't take the drugs without the advisors telling her which ones to take. She to takes keep her, the drugs. To keep her alive. I think, okay. I think she she does what she's told to do. Of all right? course, all these guys are controlled. Okay. So she so the whole point of the Asia trip, and she flies in on a military airplane, and they make a big deal out of it, is to With antagonize the escort. It's to antagonize China. Yeah, because they've been telling them one China, one China, one China, one China. Oh, never mind. Taiwan is a democracy, and we support it. They're setting a stage for uh, World War Three. Russia and China to be allies because Russia and ally Russia and China already they they border each other they 
their neighbors. They trade well, oil and a lot of other and, things like and that. And in this case, whether or not they're enemies, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? right? They're going to create so, this access powers of China, they Russia. Push the, they've pushed them into that corner. Maybe they'll throw somebody else in there. I don't know, North Korea. Just, you know, okay, yeah, you're invited to the party. Well, and Fitz explained that in the late 90s, they started moving the money out of the United States into Asia. Like this, this, right. is, this is not about... Uh, <laughs> governments governing us per se it's multinational organizations that govern us right we aren't governed by nation states we're governed by the hong kong and (laughs) shanghai banking corporation banks banks really run the world the banksters they run the world they determine how much your money is worth if it's worth anything they determine where we're gonna war they 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 say what what goes they (laughs) they want to they want to control how you use your hundred dollar bill they're the most powerful people in the world, and they run the world, and it's all games to them. It's war games. It's a chessboard, and it's how can they get rich doing it, and not just rich, but extremely powerful. It's Yeah, this, this whole thing about HSBC being the Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation out of Britain just illustrates the whole thing. <laughs> it's like... Well, should we talk about Alex Jones? Okay, let's talk about... Oh, anyway, so... It, you, if you didn't hear it anywhere before this, you heard it here first. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi going to China is a big, big, big deal. But she's always had. I mean, an to a, Taiwan. Sorry, she went, <laughs> she's always had an affinity. She to went China. to Taiwan. <laughs> she went to the one China and split it into two Chinas. She's always had a connection with China because she, when she was a little girl on the beach, she could dig a hole and get to China. It's a big deal. This demonstrates no, a it is. shift. I, it is. I see what you're saying. An official shift, like, and it and it mirrors what happened in the run up to World War II, which shows their lack of creativity. They're just trying to start a two front war, and they need that two front war so that uh, the the nations of the world will all be involved and we'll all have to pick sides, and they can form a a greater military alliance that the United States has to y- yield some sovereignty they attempted to do this with world war ii and when you when you look at uh, the european war in world war ii they they went out of their way to try to involve the brits but the hitler war machine was too powerful and it was very clear it was eisenhower and the americans that were in charge but uh, they want to have a supreme allied commander that can put america in its place they want to see they'll probably have russia and china take out several american carrier groups and then we're essentially neutered at that point, it's either IC, it's ICBMs all around, you know. It, it, all, all they have to do is really, really rile up the Chinese and the Russians and, and get them to directly attack in a, in a meaningful way the Americans, and, and there we are. And, and they'll, they're ahead in the hypersonic uh, weapons race. They have, they have them on the battlefield. They've used them on the battlefield. They're testing them now in Ukraine. And uh, there'll probably be tactical nukes involved. Oh, and by the way, China is currently buying up hundreds of thousands of uh, American land holdings, properties, farmland, residential land, whatever. Right, which, ma- which means they can make the same arguments that America has made in the last century that we must go over there to protect American interests. Right. Well, anyway, I hope everybody's having a great summer vacation before the uh, end yeah. of the world. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so anyway, I know I've I've hammered it. It's hard to overstate how significant this is that Nancy Pelosi landed on a military jet in Taiwan, the People's Republic of China, being very upset about it. And there you have it. So I've made the exclamation point. Okay. Okay. Alex Jones. Yeah, you want to I don't I haven't followed this super closely, but well, I know it's big news because now he's back on KSL. Right. And he's not only on KSL, but he's on the above the he's above the fold on the one of the top 3 stories and it says here's the story. Alex Jones 49.3 million dollar verdict and the future of misinformation. Michael R. Sisak Associated Press. Yeah, they're making him a big example of uh well, as they often do with him, right? The mainstream is reveling in this, and it's it's kind of a show trial, a junk trial. Well, he was found guilty by the judge, and then the whole trial pretty much was just how much are we going to award him for which which of the defamation issues? And he and doesn't. He, he wasn't not, allowed to claim innocence. He he can't pay the money. And let, let, let's back it up. What was he on trial for? Well, they're saying that he said Sandy Hook didn't happen. Right. But isn't that uh, an opinion protected under the First Amendment? Well, he wasn't allowed to claim First Amendment rights in this case. Why not? Because the judge is a dirtbag. <laughs> I think that, he has a lot of grounds for appeal here. He was denied a lot of uh, a lot of what right. would, you would normally think was due process. Uh, due process, yeah. No, they, they, they're making an example of him. And they, they've said you've got to pay $50 million or nearly $50 million, which Alex Jones doesn't have. It's all just, a, they've all, they're just making a, a farce out of all of this. But whether, whether the shooting happened or not is irrelevant. You can't, can't somebody have that opinion or, or, or pontificate about that? Well, now can't remember, they... this is a civil suit, not a criminal suit. So okay. they're, they're, uh, they've, Amps so up the, all these families. The, fa- to, the families are suing for damages because of emotional harm or something like right, that. Right. So this is somewhat similar to the Nick Sandman case in that he sued uh, major news outlets for misrepresenting what he did just standing there. He never said a word. Right. But they also slandered his character, called him certain names. Right. But Nick never said a word. Right. Yeah, he. Right. He had. A, he. He should have gotten uh, a lot of money from all of them. But a federal judge recently dismissed all the pending cases. Or some, I, don't I think know, I won't say all, but uh, yeah. the, uh, there were a lot of pending cases that just got wiped off the slate because they said First Amendment. Well, they but they slandered him. Yeah, but they said the judge said First Amendment. Now he he did get a settlement with I think was it CNN and uh, I believe so one of the other outlets and NBC because they had gone really far slandering. I him. mean, uh, you have Kyle Rittenhouse, which is sort of in the same boat. He was called all kinds of things. A murderer. Yeah, he was called a murderer, and then he was acquitted by a jury. still being called that. And so they claim, they're claiming First Amendment applies to those people, but it doesn't apply to Alex Jones here. Right. Who said it, he caused them emotional distress because he said it didn't happen. And they, of course, twisted his words. They wouldn't allow him to play any evidence. There's there's been a lot of... Right. I don't think he said it didn't happen, right? I, I, I... well, that's what they're that, saying, he said, but when you get right down to it, the, you, you, you hit it on the head. There's been no due process for Alex Jones here. He, he has not been able to use any tools to defend himself in the courtroom. Right. 
basically the 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 whole trial was essentially how much are we going to award him in regular or damages and then how much in punitive awards the families oh yeah yeah penalize Pe- how jones. much are we going to penalize jones and award the families yeah he's he's the punching bag for a lot of this he he represents you and me and everybody else that just doesn't look at the world and it just blindly accept the narratives that are shoved down our throats. Right. I mean, if we do a, sh- a shirt, maybe the first one ought to be, I am Alex Jones. Right. Or we are Alex Jones. And there's other people, the, the, there's really this two justice system process or uh, uh, environment happening. Uh, one thing you don't hear a lot about in the press is the January 6th prisoners. And the the lack of due process being the fact afforded that they're, to them. they're in solitary confinement for trespassing, and they aren't they aren't able to adequately defend themselves. The ones that have gone to trial, and that that's been a real tragedy that is is uh, being ignored. Um, but if you if you carry the right uh, political beliefs, you won't even be you won't even get in trouble for doing certain things. Let alone have to pay a fine or serve jail time. And in many cases, you know, you had people, you had, you had BLM rioters who were destroying property and even hurting people, and there's no consequences. But you have someone who wanders into the Capitol building after the doors were opened by the Capitol Police, and they were literally invited in. You have them uh, locked up since then. Yeah, it's not looking good for us here. We clearly have a two-tiered justice system, and it's no longer just the rich and the poor. It's the... Uh, it's ide- ideological. Yeah, it's an, it's an ideological tier. You're, you're, either, uh, you're either... It's a, it's a statist versus regular people type of a tier. You either system. obey the, the regime or you're a terrorist. And I'm not really exaggerating because it's how they classify you. It's how they think of you. You're either, you're either an asset to the regime or you're a threat. Right. The precedent here with the Alex Jones trial is essentially you can't say these things. You can't, you can't hold these opinions like, for example, that 9-11 was an inside job or, or that there have been false flags attacked false flag attacks, that this is a possible false flag attack, a possible government inter- inter- a government uh, operation at right. uh, Sandy Hook or in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas, Vegas gunman, which that's another, uh, I don't know if I want to do a deep dive on that. That was just disappeared from history. Yeah. The, the Vegas gunman. It made no sense in real time. And it, and a, in the aftermath, there's been nothing they, that's happened. It just vanished. Instantly. Yeah. But you can't talk about those things. You can't claim that those were government operations or you are defaming somebody, causing them emotional distress, and we will sue you for misinformation and right. take take everything you have. You know, you, you can't... It, it, it's a clunky it, form of central it, bank digital currency. It's it's a forerunner. Right. It's like, you know, we, we can't turn your accounts off yet, so we'll use the legal system to turn you off. Right, and they're getting they're they're laying the foundation, right? Because ne- in in the future, if there's a cent- central bank digital currency, they wouldn't have had to have a trial with Alex Jones. They would have just turned off all of his currencies. 
and yours mm-hmm. too. And, anybody- and they, already tri- they already tried that via deplatforming, right? See, Alex Jones, the Alex Jones saga has been going on for a while. In uh, 2018, I think, 2018, 19, mm-hmm. Alex Jones was deplatformed. And people have talked about this. You know, when they, they're, for the last 10 years, as, as we've uh, studied conspiracy and whatnot, it's been a well known fact that they're going to come for the, the most obvious and obnoxious pundits first before they come for you. And that's why right. the, the I am Alex Jones or we are Alex Jones idea is so significant here because these guys are the first and they're fighting the battle right now and they're literally losing it on the immediate financial battlefield. But will they become martyrs for the cause in that sense right. and cause more people to wake up and, and uh, you know another 100 million info warriors pop up and everybody says I am Alex Jones, and you know they can't they can't stop the ants. The ants realize who the grasshoppers are, and and then the game is up until they get the central bank digital currency. That's the problem. They want they're, they're, we're right now in the whole right yeah you know, that whole struggle for for supremacy. Right, and then unfortunately, we there's not a lot we can do. Well, there is a lot we can do. Look at look at what uh, look at what Alex Jones did. He, right. he was making a ton of money, a crap ton of money of uh, revenue on YouTube ads. He, right. he was super popular and they didn't like that people were using that platform to, to see what he had to say. And they didn't like that he was making that money. So they cut him off. They, they basically created some trumped up charges and said he violated their terms and services and they banned and deleted the entire InfoWars well, uh, YouTube channel. Misinformation is a word they can use for anything. It's, a, it's misinformation. Well, no, what I said was true. It's misinformation. But see, that was the start of the deplatforming of Alex Jones. But what's amazing about this whole situation is he was ahead of the game. And right now they make fun of him in movies, wherever they can, on the news, whatever, for selling supplements. But right. the reason he has these supplement companies is because he knew that they were going to shut him off of YouTube. He saw it coming, and so he preemptively started these revenue-generating operations so that he could continue to fund his operation. Right. He's a smart guy. He is smart. And I think and, he's, and he surrounded himself with smart people. I think he's really entertaining to listen to. He can be obnoxious, like you said, but he can be really smart, and sometimes he's wrong. So what? So what? That's free speech. It's you so, have the right so to be what? wrong in America, don't we? No, not anymore. Okay. <laughs> Remember, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words are misinformation and violence. Remember that old saying? Yeah. I think I got it right. Dr. Fauci said that. Oh, Dr. Fauci. Whatever, whatever I say is true, and whatever you say better align with what I say. Otherwise, it's not true. Well, he is the science. Yeah. And they're still trying to push monkeypox on us. Right. But th- there's a lot we can do. We can use cash. I think that cash is a big deal. There's a there's a lot we can do, but it it adds up to nothing if the central bank digital currency becomes well. We uh, can create real. We can create local relationships. We can start, you know, um, operating independently of their thought control. So you right. can turn Absolutely. off face. You can turn off Facebook. You can turn off. Uh, Twitter, you can you can boycott Amazon. You don't have to buy. Right. You don't have to. First of all, you don't have to. In some cases, you can't find certain things without going to Amazon. But you don't have to pay for Prime. Right. No, there's there's things that you can do. There is. 
but they're small things and they have to have millions of people doing them. But the biggest thing you mentioned is the thought control. Be an independent thinker. Whatever that, I, we don't, that doesn't mean you have to agree with everything we say or Alex Jones says or anybody else, but it's just come, come to your conclusions based on reality and fact. You know, one of the, there's, there's so many examples of this, right? John Stewart was screaming, literally screaming about this bill to protect veterans and how these Republicans blocked it because they hate veterans, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and he got a lot of press for it, right? And he's screaming and screaming and yelling, literally, literally throwing a tantrum. Well, it turns out that the, the bill was supported by everybody until right at the last minute, 400 billion or something, some crazy amount of money was thrown into it by Democrats to try to sneak it in there. And then the Republicans said, no, no, we're, we're going to support the bill as is, not with all this junk in there. And then, so. And remember what the junk is. The junk is money that they use against us. Right. All right. So the point is not to support the veterans or, or whatever. That's not even the point. The point is John Stewart is throwing a fit without knowing why the people that opposed the bill were opposing the bill. If he had just said, hey, wait, what's going on here? Then he wouldn't have had to throw a tantrum and embarrass himself. Another example, like the don't say gay bill, right? Everyone knows that Florida bill is the don't say gay bill because that's how it was marketed, but it has nothing to do with that. So what I'm getting at here is come to your conclusions, whatever they may be, based on the facts and the the reality of the situation. You want to stand for Ukraine? Great, do that. But understand what you're standing for, who you're standing for, who Ukraine, the Ukrainian government is, and what that money that the the Americans are sending over to them is funding. And then if you still want to support that, great, do it. But get the the facts. It's like uh, Columbo, just the facts, man. Right. Look, and then you've got this Inflation Reduction Act, which... Uh, will totally reduce inflation because it's right there in the name. We're, we're literally to the point where everything the propaganda media says and everything the government says, you have to actually invert it to figure <laughs> out what it means. So this is an inflation-causing act, and it turns out it's going to double the size of the IRS. Yeah. The IRS... It's going to make it bigger than any governmental agency, any, all the other governmental agencies combined almost. The IRS is poised... Well, not all of them, but... To be the biggest law enforcement agency in the country if this goes through and it's passed the senate i don't think it's is it passed the house i think it's a foregone conclusion that it's going to go through i mean they, they they control the house and the senate essentially right and so what this would do is it would double the size of the irs which means that they'll have a lot more people to harass you and audit you especially if you're a small business owner. There are millions of people. Or a gun work, owner. There are millions of people that work for the federal government. So it's not going to double the size of the employees of the, of the federal government. It's, but it, the IRS. But it's going it's to double the IRS, and it's not, it's not more than all of those other agencies combined. It's, just, it's more than certain of the really big agencies. Right. But it's, it, would, it would essentially make them the largest law enforcement agency in the world or in the country. because. What do IRS agents do? Well, you have your, pe- your paper pusher accountant types, but then you have a bunch of enforcers that go out there with guns on their hips and badges, and they act like cops, and they show up to your house. They take and your they, stuff. And they take you and your stuff, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
and they want about uh, 80,000 more of those types. Because this bill, they, they, it emphasizes, it would, it would, for, it would emphasize, it emphasizes enforcement. Now, I don't know if we get a central bank, digital, central bank digital currency, GovCoin, that's what I like to call it. They won't, uh, they won't, they won't need IRS law enforcement to audit your taxes because those will be, uh, easily, uh, uh, stolen from you but what they will need is maybe people to come out and club you over the head if you if they found out you traded some beef for some pork from, from yeah. your neighbor or some corn and potatoes that you grew for uh, uh, a calf right just to put this in perspective the free beacon pointed out that this would make the irs larger in terms of manpower than the pentagon the state department the fbi and the border patrol combined yeah makes them what do they need to do with that many people? If they got 87,000 more people, they, they essentially have about 80,000 people in the IRS today working in the IRS. So it would double their agency. So you got 160 some odd thousand IRS people. Yeah, what would they be doing? Well, the only thing the IRS can do. Take your money. Harass you harass and take your you. money. Eat of your substance. Well, I think uh, I think maybe this is a good spot to to cut this one off, unless you still want to go on. But I kind of feel like I'm riled up enough. <laughs> well, it's just things are things. If you look at these big picture things as we do, things look really bad, and and they are. And we have to take precautions and make preparations. But at the same time, part of being independent thinker and, and not being controlled by their thought propagandist is well, not no, being controlled but, and, 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 and having a good attitude and doing things in your life and living. Yeah, go, we go do good things. We should probably just next week talk about a movie or something because this <laughs> is getting so maddening. Like last week, it, one of the things we brought up was that they, the main street, the mainstream uh, woke mob was out canceling uh, an economist. Facebook was, was uh, fact checking uh, a, an academic economist who was saying that we were in recession because they changed the definition of recession. And it's no, they no longer want a recession to be when you have two quarters of negative GDP growth, meaning GDP decline. Yeah, <laughs> okay. there, there is no such thing as a recession right now. Right. So they, they basically have memory hold. This is Winston from 1984. This is, I think, why we want to just stop talking because it's clear that we now have Winston from 1984 running everything. They're memory holding everything. They're changing the history. They're cha they're changed Wikipedia. They're changing the definitions. And so now a recession is not what you think it is. A pandemic is not what you think it is. That that's what's been maddening the last couple of years is they did change immunology 101. They changed and they the changed the definition of pandemic so they could have a pandemic and have an emergency. They changed the definition of vaccine. They changed the definition of vaccine. They're changing everything. And so now we're to the point where we have this inflation reduction act. And what does it do? I'm gonna I'm gonna link to this article on Zero Hedge. Though it says, here are the winners and losers in the Inflation Reduction Act. Let's start with the wealthy, the winners. <laughs> and it turns out that uh, private equity fund managers and like big banks, again, and the IRS and the Green Agenda, these guys are all the winners. And of course, uh, Senators Manchin and Cinema were big winners, having held their party hostage for more than a year over this legislation. So they got to pick all the great you know, uh, 
con- their constituents that got to get all this money and they come off personally the victors here because right. there's a ton a crap ton of pork a crap ton of money involved in this inflation reduction act and so I think that's what you're expressing. You're expressing the same sentiment that I was last week when I was like, okay, let's be done with this podcast because it is that bad. We don't even need to do the podcast to tell you what's going on. All you have to do is watch the news, listen to the government, and then understand the exact opposite of what they say. And you'll probably be pretty well off. If they say they're going to help you, run for the hills. If they say they're not going to help you, Still, run for the hills, okay? <laughs> They're not going to help you regardless. Uh, but no, you, you're in their crosshairs. They're, if they, they say you need a vaccine, you don't. The American people are being squeezed. If they say you need a central bank digital currency, you don't. If they say Ukraine needs your help, they don't. If they say Taiwan is an independent nation, well, now we're just all effed up beyond all recognition. Because <laughs> yes, they are. But for the last 50 years, they weren't. I mean... They want to start a war. They want to bring down the sky, the, the mountains, the rocks, the, you know, the thunder upon us. I, they, they're clearly agents of chaos. And they're fomenting chaos so that out of this chaos, they can further solidify their world order, their control over us. And it's sick. It's sickening. It is. Well... We hope everybody's had a great summer. It's kind of winding down. <laughs> school starting again soon. On a happy note, schools, well, public schools, the, the state-run public schools that indoctrinate your children, that's starting up again. It sure is. Yeah, it's, things are dire. Government uh, schools. That's and, the way you should, you should some, call them, government schools. Regime schools. And, uh, but... There's things that we can do to kind of combat it. There, there are. No, it starts in your own mind. And I guess that's uh, what the only place that they can't get to yet. Don't get the Neuralink. <laughs> Don't let them put a chip in your head. Even if it means you can order Amazon with your thoughts. Well, we, they're doing a pretty good job with uh, just the regular entrainment, the regular mainstream stuff. Oh, they're doing a great job. They're bra- breaking people left and right. But people- what's it going to take? I mean, I, 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 going over to the Larry Miller Megaplex, it was packed. Of course, it was Discount Tuesday, but it was packed, uh, and there were plenty of... There was no other people that I saw that walked out of there because they wouldn't nobody, accept cash. It, 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 we, we've asked that a lot. What's it going to take? It was 1,000 to 1. To, be, to wake up. The people are not going to wake up. That's the, that's the point. If, if the last couple of years didn't wake you up, then you will never wake up. You are sound asleep. And you will stay asleep until it's too late and you're in a camp or you're dead. I, don't, the, I, f- I feel like we can't leave the listeners a, on this note. There's been alarm bells going off for two and a half, well, more than that. But there's been some really loud in-your-face t- alarm do bells. Do I title this episode, The Sky is Falling? I mean, like what? <laughs> I feel like we can't leave them on this note. Well, because, if the sky is like, falling, it's because of climate change. Seriously. Okay. <laughs> it's... It's over. We're done. We're not coming back next week. We're sorry, folks. This is it. And, uh, you know, it's been nice knowing you. Well, we'll be back next week. <laughs> Maybe a little bit uh, with a little bit more uh, uh, optimism. But I, I, I would okay, guess a f- lot of our listeners feel the same way. It's just it's kind of overwhelming if you let yourself get 
right. Into Say one this. one positive thing, Mr. Flood. Come on, Bobby. Let's leave everybody with a positive thought. Uh, okay. You go first. Um, Give me some time to think. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking. Well, I did mention school starting, government school starting. That means fall is right around the corner, and fall is a great time of year. The leaves change, the temperatures drop a little, hunting season, leaf watching season, football season. Yes, yes, I still like football. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to fall. Uh, it'll be the last fall <laughs> before the winter of, uh, the, of darkness, but hey. There's my there's my positive. <laughs> That's not very positive, my friend. Well, last year Biden said we were having we were facing a winter of sickness and death. Okay, he was wrong. Well, some people died. Yeah, some people die in the summertime. Yeah, but he said if you're unvaccinated, you'll be facing a winter of. Well, remember, you have to understand sickness. the opposite of that. Meaning, if you're unvaccinated, you'll be having a good winter. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I did. Except for okay. the COVID crap. You're positive. Okay, my positive. Okay. So in any plot, in any good story, academics, I hate to even fall back on the academic thing anymore here after what we just said, but uh, they've identified several elements to most stories. One is the exposition. The next is the rising action. Then you get to the climax. Then you have the falling action. Then the um, resolution. And there are other lists that have my, maybe six or seven plot elements, right? You have uh, inflection points, complicating uh, complicating points. I forget what the name of that is. When, when you are headed to the climax, you know, in the rising action, you'll have a twist, a plot turn or whatever. And right. so you're the film guy. You should know these right off, off, your, off the top of your head. But we are all heroes or heroines in an epic struggle between good and evil. You guys listening, you need to remember that. And you need to remember that in order to make this a good movie or a good book, it has to look bad <laughs> before we get <laughs> right. to the climax. And we're getting to the climax. So between you and God, in your own heart and mind, figure out who you are and what your role is in this story as we approach the climax, because that's what's going to make it the, the good story, the epic story, the, uh, the monumental telling of the, the playing out of the battle between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. You're involved in that. And if you're one of the sons of light, get in touch with light get in touch with the gods of light, get in touch with Jesus, figure out what it is you're supposed to do and realize you're on the winning team. The Lord has already taken back the creation. God already came and made intercession. This would look a lot more dire if we were pre-flood um, or pre-Jesus, you know, where that hadn't happened yet. When you read the Book of Mormon, you got to realize that's where Nephi was. It's this God that was going to come to redeem his people had not yet come. And they, they were arguing over it. You know, Korahor, Sherem, it's like, well, you believe in some guy that's going to come and, quote, save us from our own selves. You know, they, you know, if you're in Ammonihah, when Alma and Amulek are there, they're just like, no, we're going to burn you up. And there is nothing else, you know. <laughs> right. It's, it was pretty bad 
we have the benefit of all that revelation and all that inspiration, all that God's given you, all, all this understanding that we have. Thank you, Joseph Smith. Thank you to all the prophets that came before us. Thank you, God, for sending your messengers. Thank you for inspiring us. Thank you for wisdom. You know, we have all of this to help reorient us as this uh, dire situation unfolds around us and as the, as the plot thickens and the rising actions continue to raise the level of intensity. That's what's going on. And we are reaching a climax. And so each of us needs to acknowledge ourselves as heroes in this story and, and be that. You know, Dr. Nick, I, when I found out you were paying, I mean, are you really paying for cash all the time? I mean, because that is so incredibly inconvenient. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the hero charging into the dragon's cave with no backup. Yeah, they've made it. It's, they've made it really hard to to, to buy things with. <laughs> I think you, when you you texted me and said they didn't take cash, I said so they don't accept money. Yeah, they don't. What well, says on the on the bill? All uh, you know, it's for all debts, public and private. I mean, it's supposed to be legal tender. It's supposed to be what you. Well, they. But I guess they, you can refuse service. I didn't incur a debt. Yeah, but it it almost seems like if. Uh, I understand they can refuse service, but you weren't giving them any reason to do that. Like they're, they're, they're not accepting legal, legal tender. tender. Yeah. It's dirty cash. But look, that's, that's the strangeness of the battle that we're caught in. It's, it's a mind battle and a physical battle and it plays out in the mind and then it plays out on the battlefield and the battlefield stuff is simple. It's easier. You know, it'd be great if it was just like, Oh, all you got to do is charge that hill or all you got to do is carry your buddy Jordan on your back to the, you know, just keep trying, you know, keep, keep swimming, you know, just keep swimming. It would be, it would be easier for us. It would be a lot, a lot more, uh, palatable, easier to stomach if, if that was what it was, because, you know, you're, you're, you like to coach the kids, right? You like to motivate the kids, you know, get out there, work harder, you know, whatever it's, it's simple. But when we complicate it with these, with the darkness and the counterfeits and all the crap that's going on, in the mind battlefield arena, then then the actions of Dr. Nick become heroic. It's like he's using cash right. everywhere. Right. <laughs> well, that's a pain in the you know. And right. and you've got to you've got to plan for that. It's a very strategic move. And I'm not saying that that cash is going to save us. I'm definitely not saying that. But look, plan it out. What what are those hard things we have to do? I mean, turning off network television was in a way, you know, from, from my family, a bit of a leap in 2008, 2009, but that literally saved us from thinking certain ways. Right. Literally. Like I know that I can look back at that period in my life and say, it's kind of like we came up for air and we're underwater, you know, and we then explored new things and learned so much after we had turned that one influence off. And, you know, what would we do without that? And then, of course, we got sucked back, back into Netflix and whatnot. Maybe we've canceled Amazon Prime. Maybe we need to cancel Netflix. I know maybe I need to spend more time with my kids. Anyway, what, what are those heroic things that you need to do on the, in the battlefield of the mind, that long, grinding, day-to-day um, 
gradual thing that sets up the suddenly, right? Things mm-hmm. happen gradually and then they happen suddenly. Right. And we're we're sort of in the gradual right now, but things are starting to look like the suddenly is going to come upon us and uh, that we'll, we may be unprepared for that. So so I, I, I've been recently uh, more energized to get back to what I think I need to do and work harder on that and, and put off some of the other influences. And I hope that you guys, as you're looking at this, use these complicating factors, these ri- this rising action, this, these plot twists as motivation to do what you think you should do to make your lives better and make the lives of others around you better and to follow the gods of light as you play the part of the hero. You are Truman. You are Neo. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you are the resistance. <laughs> That it sounds a little corny, but that's exactly what's going on. Eat meat, lift weights, shoot guns. <laughs> okay. Well, act like you want to live, or else they're going to kill you. <laughs> well, good points. That's a lot, uh, a lot more simple way to say it. Probably a better way to say it. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, we're going to let you go. We will be back next week. okay you've convinced me (laughs) all right take care everybody signing off